and welcome to the Tapping Up podcast with myself, Daryl, and as always, Ian. And despite us saying that it was the last one of 2022 last week, we thought we'd sneak in just one more, um, celebrate Christmas, and obviously because we're going to go to Ponte shortly. I pressured you into it, didn't yeah, I? I didn't, say, didn't yeah. really want to do it. I was like, no, we're going to do it. So we're sat in the freezing cold in a, in a summer house, which anything but summer at the moment. Our Belgian fan would not have been able to enjoy New Year if he didn't have his, this final one to look forward to, because he might be staying in on his own. Could be very lonely. I, I doubt he, it. He, he listens to this podcast, so he must be popular. You could argue it the other way, because he listens to this podcast, <laughs> he might have no friends and we're his only friends. Good Christmas? Yeah, it was good, thank you. Yeah, uh, went uh, just me and uh, the missus for Christmas, so no hassle, nice bit of grub, got very steaming, uh, and then went down to see the family for a few days down in Bournemouth. Where are you? Um, pretty much the same. I think it's the same for everyone, isn't it? Just it's a few days out of year, get absolutely wankered. So enjoy yourself. I mean, we like a beer, don't we? And we, we'll go out and we're probably binge drinkers, would be officially, but like, I don't really drink that much through the week, um, if ever. And it's literally been 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, 27th. Like, tw- yeah, last night was the first night I didn't drink in a week. I don't think it's been that bad for me because Meg doesn't drink as much as I do. So tend to, when we get back in, Take it steady. Unlike obviously yourself, who is. Uh, well, I had to have the night off knowing we were going to have a session again oh, today, yeah, yeah. and then it's New Year's Eve tomorrow, so there's going to be another session tomorrow, isn't there? So. He says, well, drinking a Moretti in his hand. What I would like to do, just as a, a random thing, got um, a game called Super Club, which I've been going on about you uh, with you for a few weeks over that get it. So it's a board game, football manager board <laughs> game. It's absolutely <laughs> class. Like, you played it already. Really, really good. Um, takes a bit of time to get into it. And it's one of these where people listen to this probably thinking, I am playing a fucking board game. And especially not a football manager one. Could you do play. two? Because we're going to try it with Meg. Do you need more than two people to play you it? You can do two as a minimum, um, four as a maximum, unless you buy the expansion, which makes it into six. But it's really good. And consider the fact that Meg obviously goes to games with me and enjoys it for the most part. But you wouldn't normally see her sitting there playing like a football manager game. But even she will get in quite into it. I think we're going to play it tomorrow. But properly into it. Really, really good really in depth and like a monopoly job in that it's like five or six hours a game or... more so like much better to be honest so it's you sit there you've got like a, a manager folder and you organize your formation your team and you can buy like a better manager you can buy um club scouts oh, so you're not stuff. the manager you basically run the football club essentially right? yeah so okay. you can improve your ground you can improve your facilities and all this sort of stuff and it's Basically, the first per- first team to get 200 points in three seasons, a minimum. If you don't get 200 points in three seasons, if someone's won three seasons, you get a Super Club card, which is like Champions League final. But really good. It so sounds what, what's, like, what's the benefit of improving your stadium? That's how much money you get, how much revenue you bring in per year, which then allows you to buy more players. Which gotcha. is okay. And there's also a thing where if you don't improve as a squad year on year... Some of your players, if let's say you're a four-star squad and you've got a five-star player, your five-star player is like, I'm not playing for this team anymore. And then the yeah. other people can buy them off you. So, or... I mean, it sounds very... It's champ manager, but in a ball game. Yeah, exactly that. Um, it's a bit in-depth. And like I say, it, I think it took us about half an hour to actually start playing it, which is probably the put-off for most people. But as soon as you understand rules, you can jump right in. And get so, it. I mean, you're quite lucky. Obviously, Meg, Meg is into her football and be happy with that. Claire would struggle with that. She wouldn't really. Do I, that. I think she would, honestly, because, like I said, Meg likes watching football while we're at the game. She won't really sit in, you know, in, in a pub or something and watch football happily or all like that. But because it's more of a board game 
for everyone and because there's more strategic elements to it I think she'd enjoy it and it could have been worse it could have ended up with a bottle of prime for Christmas which would have been punted over fucking fence or gone down to Wakey Wines and sell it sell it to them <laughs> for 25 quid and for them to sell it on for 45 quid have you seen the video of this kid opening the prime for Christmas Day no oh, I'll show you after so he literally his parents get him a bottle of prime for Christmas it's fully wrapped up it's underneath the tree he opens it up and he's going mental thinks it's the best thing ever really say that she showed me one and she was like look at this kid now me and you don't have kids I would I not the biggest fan of kids myself love my niece and my nephew um, there's a kid there I mean what the fucking parents have brought him up like anyway he's opening his presents a scooter I mean, even I'll get Claire to find it and, and show us later but basically he's opening this scooter and literally word for words I mean it would be like it would be my kid but he goes ah oh, it's a fucking scooter <laughs> I wanted a fucking bike and he storms out of the room and he says, I fucking hate Christmas. And this kid must be like four. I'd have followed him with scooter and smacked it right back. Mate, I would knock the fuck out of him for his language, let alone his lack of gratitude. Mate, it was unbelievable how small this kid is. Well, it's not like a 10, 11 year old. He was tiny. I was like, you fucked up as parents if that's your kid. There are some that are like 40 year old men who still live with their parents. And I think I saw a video and it's a guy and he got like a PS4 instead of a PS5. And um, I think it's his dad or his uncle has come home from the army to surprise him. He's like, don't care. <laughs> I'm not bothered. I want my PS5. It's like, ah. But, I mean, you probably don't get much glory in life if you're 40 and live with your parents, to be fair, do you? <laughs> I mean, he is going to have played that all PlayStation women. all day and then he's going up for a massive wank afterwards. <laughs> I'll tell you what, he, he, he sounds like he's had a shit Christmas. A shit life, just in general. But um, start with UFC then. Because I mean, every subject so far in this podcast, I think, is sad because there's been that many deaths recently. But um, it's easy Bonner. for you to say you're the one that fucking ruins my day by sending them through. <laughs> I mean, it is before we get back to topic, we'll go off topic. I was devastated when you texted me about Maxi Jazz. So I loved Faithless as a kid. Went to see him. Um, I've never, ever, I haven't been to that many bands. I'm, I can't profess to be I'm, uh, love my music that much. I've never seen a man have an ability to orchestrate a crowd like he did it was insane one of the best nights of my life and my youth seeing them live and then say it was you that texted me that maybe is it the 23rd where do you see him live saw him live in Exeter when I was university so my mates from home came came down uh, there and uh, we went and it was as you say the, the way he got the crowd to move and got everyone on side just absolutely magic and um, yeah that hit me hit Bummed me out for sure. Claire Claire went out, so I was like, I said to you, didn't I? I was like, fuck it, I'm going to put Spotify on, bang out some tunes and have a few drinks and smash up the, the, the degrees a bit uh, on the drinking. My missus comes back and she goes to me, have you had a little cry? I was like, <laughs> fuck off, I'm not that sad. I, said, I might have been pretty bummed out about it, but I didn't have a fucking cry. He says and, with a tear in his eye. And you text me to say, I thought I might have caused you to commit suicide. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, how low do people think I get about these things? But yeah, yeah that was a really sad one. And um, Faithless Amazing, it's a massive part of my uh, my childhood and really gutted that one. Just Fantastic news on a, a Christmas Eve as well, wasn't it? Because I think he died on the 23rd, but I think it was publicly released on... Christmas Eve on it. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because so. yeah, no, you are right. Because it was when my missus took her boys home. And she was taking them over to their dads on uh, Christmas Eve. So you're right. That's right. But yeah, that that was um, a sad one. Uh, on to the MMA. Yeah, sad from, one. From one from, death to another. Then uh, was uh, Stefan Bonner. Uh, I, I didn't realise again. This seemed to be another one, a bit like uh, Rumble Johnson, come out of nowhere, 
don't think it was particularly well publicised that he um, was ill. Uh, weirdly, that one seemed to come out. I think I, th- I think he died something like the twenty. It might have been like the twelfth, and it came out on the twenty seconds. There was a quite a big delay that they'd kept it under wraps, but um, not the greatest fighter in the world, but a literally legend legendary fight with um, uh, Forrest Griffin. Um, And for those that don't quite know the full backstory, so I'm going to fucking bore you with it now, is this was at the point when very early on in the reign of Dana and the Fatita brothers, they'd bought the UFC, they'd ploughed millions, if not tens of millions into it, and it it, it was failing. It wasn't really working. So they came up with the idea in order to try and bring it to the masses into the mainstream of the Ultimate Fighter. So the Ultimate Fighter was the almost the original fighting um, reality TV show. So you had two um, professional fighters. They got a team. Each got picked, got to pick a team of like amateur fighters, and then it was like each each episode was like elimination rounds. And Bonner and Griffin got to the final and put on just the most incredible back and forth slugfest that you will ever see. Literally beat the living daylights out of each other. Dana, the Fatita brothers, everybody says that was the launch pad and got so many people into into the UFC. And even I remember them talking about it when they sold it to Endeavour that they said, we might not have even been at this point if it wasn't for Bono and Griffin's fight. So his, he made, as I say, wasn't the best fighter in the world. I think he did fight Anderson Silva for the title but missed weight so he couldn't win the title uh, and he got smashed, as you would expect. Um, was in the UFC for a fair few years, but such a, that fight is an absolutely key piece of the, the fabric woven into the UFC and um, it, it, it'll be missed. And what it does bring me on to is a little bit that we talked about, a new little segment that we're going to do to do with MMA that people seem to be enjoying the MMA side of it and for our casual fans as we like to go that not everybody has had the years of experience of the fights that um we've we've had to watch so each week we are going to in an episode pick out a, a, a you know a fantastic and uh, fight you know from the the back catalogue of the UFC we'll let people know we'll put it on social so everybody can watch it we'll watch it then the following week we'll break it down in the same way that we do with more recent fights, but hopefully as a chance to bring some of these absolutely amazing old school classic fights to a bigger audience. But there would be no better homage and starting place uh, to Bonner, Forrest um, Bonner, number one ultimate fighter. So that's your your homework. If you haven't already watched it, watch it, watch it again. I'm going to watch it again. And for the first uh, tapping up of uh, 2023, which sounds crazy as fuck, um, then um, we'll go for it and we'll break it down and hopefully some other people get to see that as well. Yeah, it's in the uh, company's Hall of Fame fight wing as well, isn't it? So it's uh, recognised as one of the, the greatest, most memorable and historical important UFC bouts of all time. For I would exact reason. genuinely say top five fights ever. If you had to give me a... T- and if we, if we did a bit more, you're the Google expert, but if we found on a, a number of different sites where you, you find these... I would almost guarantee in every top five it, it, it gets in there. This is an incredible fight. Um, so, yeah, that was a, a real kick in the nuts just before Christmas about him because, as I say, real real legend in the sport, Bonner. Uh, but, as I say, did have a, a nice way that we can give a bit of homage to him by starting off this segment with his fight. 
Could even call it the Bonner segment. It's very... It's almost sweet of you, that. Yeah. I, I didn't realise you had that level of compassion you in you. I try my best, at There you go. I like that. That's exactly what we'll do. So uh, we'll do that, and each week... We'll, so for, for the listeners, for the next episode, watch that fight. We'll put up, we'll find a way. If you haven't got UFC Fight Pass or Pirate TV or ways to get find these uh, fights... Cough, cough. We'll find a link to it. It's 100% it's on YouTube. We'll find them, and what we'll do, when we're doing our, our usuals and we're putting up our, our tweets about the uh, the episodes... We'll put a link to that fight and I would encourage anyone watch it and then share it share it with us when we break it down so everyone's watching it. Yeah, I mean, and, and just as a final point on that, I think Dana White actually came out very specifically and said that Stefan was one of the most important fighters to ever compete in the octagon. His fight with Forrest Griffin changed the sport forever. He'll never be forgotten. The fans loved him, related to him, and he will always he always gave them his best. He will be missed forever. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely start with that one. And we know Dana. Dana's not exactly a man for um, effusive praise. Does he? Certain people he does and he doesn't like. So um, for him to come out and say that and, and accept and acknowledge his part in the whole UFC beast it's become, I thought was a nice touch. Yeah, um, I only have a little bit on UFC this week other than that. Um, very specifically, and again, because we love to butcher pronunciations on this podcast Sharaputin Magmedov nearly got it right there first time but second is just signed with the UFC uh, as per ESPN um, this is a guy to, to keep your eye on um, he is going to be managed by Ali Abdelazaz and again another butchering of a pronunciation there but a uh, guy who has managed Usman he's managed Khabib uh, Mahajev uh, Hudo, I think, or Cejudo, Cejudo. Uh, has, has also um, been under his wing. But he, I think, is going to be quite a big middleweight. And I think he'll fight a middleweight. He's listed as a, a welterweight and middleweight. But he's the number one ranked middleweight in Russia, according to Tapology at the moment. Um, Possible Kamaya fight, maybe, then. Always, same same weight, same you know balance like that. Finish rate of 91%. Um, it's, it's a weird one, is this? A lot of people have been saying that a lot of got... subs in that. Okay, because I've got Bernstein dropped his name in just before we started, and this is one that seems to have snipped under my radar. So KRTKR. Um, a lot of weird confusion on Twitter about this because some people have been saying that I think ESPN themselves said that he's got a seventeen and zero record, which he just doesn't. Which is really weird because you look all over and he doesn't seem to have fought 17 fights professionally. It seems to be 11 and 10 of which have, have come by KO and TKO, but definitely one to keep your eye on. Uh, it'd be interesting to see, where, again, how quickly they throw him to the Wolves. Because, again, both divisions fucking were killers, particularly, you know, they they love their kind of Dagestani, Dagestani matchups. And as I say, both those divisions are full of, um, you know, Khabib's lot. Well, his nickname's um, The Bullet, so instead of pronouncing his name horrendously, I think I'm just going to call him Bullet from now on. So he's stolen Shav- uh, Shevchenko's uh, name, because she's called The Bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. Well, he's taken um, it now, it's his. Maybe they have a fight for it. Maybe that's the, the first <laughs> that's ever the cross, first cross, uh, cross sex fight for, uh, for the, for the uh, nickname, but good good knowledge. Well, you know, I do try for a lot of time over Christmas, haven't we? Um, should we stick with the depressing then and move on to football? Got a couple of little bits more, if you want. Um, so we had just the first uh, UFC event of the year is already taken a hit. So that's UFC Fight Night 217. Jeff Neal uh, was fighting Rachmanov. Rachmanov, 
think another. We need to learn great... how to pronounce these. Literally, I Again, reckon that's what they need better fucking earlier. names like a Khabib. So we can just make it make it easy for us. But the rumours, and I did see this again, sadly, because I was on Twitter last night just having a look about the sad news about Pele, which we'll come on to. There are rumours that Kamaev may step in against him. Ooh. So he's been sort of saying apparently four people have turned down fights with Kamaev. No one wants to, to we know this, you, no one would want Shock. a piece of him. Yeah. But this, this guy, so that's what the fight they're looking together to put to headline and replace Jeff Neal. Just a quick short one I saw. Uh, I always liked him because I actually got to meet him. So it's a bit of a Muppet story. But UFC, former UFC fighter Dan Hardy um, blew into the UFC uh, as a British guy, 5-0, and fought George Sampierre for the title and got absolutely bummed. But uh, I met him at a UFC event walking around after the event at the O2. So he always has a slightly special place in my heart. He was a real nice guy somewhere in the annals of Facebook or some shit. There'll be a photo of me and my mates with him. Uh, and he married a current UFC fighter called Veronica Mercado and their little Christmas wedding. So purely from a very selfish point that I got to meet him. And a really sad story for him as well. He had to retire really early with a rare heart condition. Something really... It sounds really like harsh this, but he had a really rare condition, but it sounded cool as fuck. It's like Huntington Wolves Heart Syndrome or something like that, but it affects your heart and he's never been able to... Um, fight again since the rumours were that Bonner died of um, presumed heart complications some it, heart so complications is, is as far as they seem to release there to do with UFC in general um, and then the final bit I had for UFC which I just thought was interesting just to because we've talked about it before you know we've chimed our own few pence into the the increasing debate of weight cutting and is it legalised cheating um, I think you'll find most hardcore fans will say yeah you know if you are weighing a particular weight for three seconds on the scales and then adding on 20 pounds before you fight, you're not that fucking weight. You know, that is, to, in my opinion, anyway, it is legalised cheating. You have play, uh, promotions like uh, One, uh, where they have rehydration tests. They have a lot better uh, ways to dealing with it and it's very, very dangerous for the fighters anyway, cuts um, when they, they cut savage amounts. But Marlon Vera, so Marlon Vera has been talking this week, because um, I don't know, who, I, I'm guessing... They must be lining him up to fight someone who clearly is massive and cuts. But he was saying that um, no matter whether it's in, in or out of camp, the most he ever walks around is 155 and he fights at 145. So he's basically saying, I'm never 10 pounds more than the size of the weight. 145, you could easily get guys, guys that would be blowing up to like probably 165, 170 on fight night. But I just thought that was interesting and... Um, when pros even come out as well and say, I could get a competitive advantage by doing this, but this is fucking cheating. It happens in boxing as well, doesn't it? I think there's a lot of rehydration clauses that have been, or attempted to have been inserted recently to try and crack down and combat this sort of stuff. But Boxing's slightly different though, I think, because you've got the tighter weight divisions. And this is one of the, one of the constant, again, sort of talking, opening up on wider topics that we could easily spend ages talking about, and we're not because we're going to go down the pub. But uh, <laughs> is um, should the UFC have more weight divisions? So where you've got like those, yeah, one eight five to two oh five, twenty fucking pounds. That is a huge stone and a half. You know, there's been talk for a long time. You've got one five five, yeah, one three five, one four five, one five five. Go one six five, one seven five, one eight five, one nine five, two oh five. 220 then you go every way but 
that might be uh, a, a longer form argument that we could go into in the new year. I'm going to say not one for now while we're sat in this couple of beers deep yeah, we're in freezing a cold, cold summer shed. house. <laughs> summer house. It's not a shed. Thousands of pounds spent on this. Um, I mean, it's. Probably, do you want to go into football? Because again, it's more depressing. Or do you want to? There's not much on boxing, is there? So we'll, we'll, let's do, do boxing quick, do just boxing. to mix it up. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I literally had on boxing is because it popped up on my phone while I was waiting uh, today, and I texted it to you, which is again nonsense in itself. But what the pop up, uh, pop up from Sky Sports was, Usyk Fury negotiations are close to being finalised. So that doesn't mean anything. So it doesn't. It's not signed. It's not anything else. But it feels like we might actually be getting what we finally want to see. But apparently, and again, it's the big apparently because I have my doubts still because we had the AJ um, and Fury debacle earlier this year where it's definitely on and then it's off and then it would never happen in and then Fury calls someone a sausage. Um, but it's apparently taking place in the first quarter of the uh, new year. So it'd be a quick fight. And again, it goes in line with what we were saying about Usyk and his religious beliefs. Um, it'd be a quick fight. I think he'd have to see it March latest then. I think that was the, that was the original time scale I think he gave when we talked about it. it was Mind you, it's quite a lot of episodes ago now, but it also makes a lot of sense for Fury in terms of if he seems to be in that stage of his career now where he just wants to fucking make money uh, and get as much... You know, he obviously didn't take hardly a punch uh, from um, Chisora. Just stay in camp, stay training, another couple of months, bang, through that. He wins then... And goes on um, as the undefeated and undisputed, a bit like we were talking about with Messi the other day. That's out for me. Done. Top of the sport, a Kawasaki undefeated record. Every belt in the division you am, I'm out. See you later. Far too much money to continue anyway. I think even if he he does lose this, what does he go on to do? Really, every the, the Joshua fight is always there for him. Um, admittedly. And people will still pay to watch that because regardless of what happens in this one, people will still want that answer given to them of who is the better one. But even if he loses, I can see him saying, you know what, I've got more than enough money here. What's the point? Don't you think that fight for me, Fury seems quite a decent guy like that in that he's, he doesn't seem to want, he's not a Mayweather, doesn't have fucking a thousand houses and a strip club and that kind of a McGregor style lifestyle. So he should easily be able to retire off all of this. The only one for me is if he suddenly slipped back into his old ways and started smashing drugs and eating hedgehogs, then maybe he gets the fury. He comes out of retirement for the AJ fight because he needs a bit more money. But for me, I agree with you. I think he makes enough. I think he's sensible enough when he's not being a dick and calling people sausages that he can make a fuckload of money out of this and go out as. And you'd have to say, as much as people dislike him or not, he would be talked of when you look back at him. Maybe he's one of those that maybe time is needed to reflect on what he's achieved and how good he is. But he will be up there in the top five heavyweights ever talked about with Ali and, and Tyson for me. If he beats Usyk, maybe. If he doesn't, he's got two. He's had three big fights in his career, hasn't he? All right. I, count, I count the trilogy as one fight. So you've got Wilder, two big, three big fighters. Then should we say, or three big opponents? Klitschko's one of them, yep. which he won and was very, very impressive in that. And then obviously fucked it up. Wilder, he, he won all three fights for me. That was pretty comprehensive. But Wilder still hasn't fought anyone big since and hasn't fought anyone big before that. So 
how good is Wilder. Yes, he's got knockout power, and yes, he's a little bit scary, or the thought of him is a little bit scary, but until he starts fighting other fighters that are at the top of the game, I'm still not rating Wilder. And then Usyk. If he beats Usyk, yes, okay, he's undisputed champion of the world. Is you know who who else can say that? There's very few people in the world that or ever have can say that they're the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And obviously in boxing, that's the the main attraction. And then okay, we can start having that conversation. If he loses that, I don't. I'm not that impressed by him. I still, I've oh, never I, been. That I think you're by him. right. That's the legacy fight. And if he does lose that, that probably puts him out of the, that conversation. So yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. But I think if he wins that, it's hard to not put him into that upper echelon. You know. I always, for me, the one for me that everybody sleeps on, and probably my favourite heavyweight ever, was Lennox Lewis. Yeah, he's a he's a Lennox Lewis style fighter. He's cerebral. He doesn't have just pure knockout power. Doesn't have the most exciting fights, maybe bar the ones with Fury, which you know had a bit of everything, knockdowns like that. You know, Le- Lennox Lewis was pretty boring as fighters watched to go, but he was just the ultimate pugilist. Lewis had smashed Fury. Do you know what? I, I would agree with you because I think Lewis is a better version of Fury. Is 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 ultimately, but he, 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 if he beats Usyk and it's a big if, he's definitely in that top five. Are discussion. you still backing him to beat Usyk? I am. I do. I think he's the bigger I man. I think Usyk. There's this is where the size will come in, and if he's clever and he wears on him and he leans on him in the early rounds and takes takes some takes some weight and and some sting out of him particularly with the power we know Fury seems to have developed in his last few fights, I think Fury can put him away in the have later I, rounds. Have I called the correct fight so far on this podcast in uh, boxing? Probably not. I don't think I have. So, <laughs> so who are you going got, for? It's got, to change, Usyk. it's got to change eventually. Hasn't it? I think Usyk outpoints him. I think he's just too fast. He can take these punches. You saw Joshua. Um, AJ landed some flush and some scary looking punches. And he just took it. And just I mean, like, this oh. motherfucker's been to war. With <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a different breed, aren't they? Yeah, the Ukrainians like that. So I, I don't disagree with you, but I think there's only so many punches that Fury can hit. And if he catches him flush, I think he puts him away. He's got to catch him. And he's, he's, that's his game, in it? But there's a little kid that is screaming at the top of the voice. And if this is caught on that podcast, just to make it clear, the little kid isn't with us, it's not in the shed. He's not screaming because we bought him a really shit toy. No, I yeah. bought him a bottle of Prime. Um, so my, I've got a special subject to talk about in boxing here, and I think it's a really good idea. And I'm so gonna, it's going to be shit. I'm yeah. going to pre-warn you about what you say on this, but WBC have announced plans to introduce a transgender boxing category. Um, so the president has come out and said they would adopt what he called or what he coined the at birth rule so that means that a trans fighter assigned as a male at birth can only compete against a fellow trans fighter assigned as a male at birth opinions on this because a lot of people have turned around and said well and this is the age old um is it turf trf so like jk rowling all this so if you transition into a woman you should be treated as a woman and you should be put into the women's division. If you transition into as a man, you should be treated as a man and, and put into the men's division. Does a third boxing category, A, single them out, B, is it a good idea, and C, should it just be completely got rid of and should, as I say, people transition to men be men? And... I mean, the thing for me, I mean, how, how many people fall into that category to start with uh, in terms of being transgender professional fighters? I would imagine we're talking about minimal. a very, very small amount of people. Now, I might have my strong and 
divisive opinions. I would be very aware of that in plenty of times, but I, I'm a live and let live type of person. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. If you would like, if you were born a man and you feel you're in the wrong body and you want to transition, do it. I've got no issue with that. The one issue I have always had and where I will vehemently say this is this is woke nonsense is combat sports. And there was a prime example. She was called Fallon Fox. So this was a a, a UFC, not it wasn't in the UFC. It was a MMA fighter, and she was um, biologically a male. I think it was for thirty years before she transitioned, and she was fighting women and beating the living fuck out of them. And when someone has had a man's body and what goes with that in terms of the testosterone and the development of muscles, which are, you know, that is just science. We can talk, you know, equality out the window. That is not fair to, to women on who they are fighting. Now, equally, back to my point, live and let live. If a woman knows that and says, Do you know what, I'll sign up. I know that that guy's was for 30 years a man and I'm still prepared to fight him. That is their decision so i'm all for it but i think a, a, a category needs to be made in some ways to avoid issues like this fallon fox things happening so actually if that creates a more of a level playing field and then there's then a way that those type of incidents don't happen i'd be all for it but that that with combat sports were always the one for me that i was like that is just an unfair advantage and i don't agree with it personally is there an argument and again, this will be the argument, whether it's correct or not, that it's basically not inclusive and it's secluding certain individuals from competing in what they believe is the correct. The world is not inclusive. You know, we can't all do everything all of the time, but I think there has to be. So, this is. Let's look at a different sport. Different sports, you could argue, are a different thing where there's no physical damage to the athletes. So if you had, um, let's track and field. There's been a fair few examples in the past of that where, you know, biologically born men have transitioned and gone into female uh, sports. And, you know, because of the body structure, the muscle structure, they have then done very well. No one's getting hurt. And that, that that's the difference for me with MMA, with boxing, with combat sports there is a danger point to the people that are involved. So I think you actually have to look at combat sports. Again, every, equality this, equality that. There's some things that aren't equal and aren't fair to do things the same way. So I actually think if that is a way that can deal with that issue, it allow and it, 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 it deals with the issue, but it doesn't put anybody's health at risk, I can get on board with it. I mean, it's a, a very pragmatic approach from you. I didn't expect that. It's, uh, it's, it's quite a shock at the end of the year. but um... Saved it for you for the very last <laughs> one. The first bit of sense I might have talked in 20-odd podcasts. But... The fact that you said talking has just ruined it. So, um, Move on then to probably the most depressing news of the footballing year. Uh, Pelé has died at the age of 82. Got it. Another one last night, that one. Um you got beaten to the punch by that one, as usually being the um, the joy giver of me of, of uh, being the first to tell me about these people dying. Um, my missus actually told me that, shouted me up the stairs. I was in the toilet, and she shouted me up the stairs, and I thought she was saying Helen, and I'm like, 
who's Helen? <laughs> Helen's dead. Helen's dead. I'm like, who the fuck is Helen? And she said, Pele. I was like, oh, no. I, I, he'd been ill for a while. I saw the pictures at Christmas that his family were like by his bed 24-7, which can only usually be read into a, a bad thing. I mean, I've been there with my granddad when my granddad was very ill. That's usually the sign that you want, you know, the family want to be there. So the the sadly, the telltale signs were there. Um, but yeah, for, for the whole footballing community, there'll be a generation of people, two, three generations of people that won't probably have ever seen him apart from a few clips on YouTube, where hopefully now that they should go and, and see what a fantastic player he actually was. The only player still to win three World Cups. And I'll be honest with you, looping back to another topic that we've talked about, if it wasn't for Messi, he would be far and away the greatest for me. Was the only player to, um, or the only player in the the goat conversation to have scored an overhead kick in a film? Um, escape to okay. victory, classic, yeah. absolutely. Absolute no, no, it's got some classics in that. But um, I mean, I, again, because I knew we were going to do this, and I, I had to have a quick look uh, at some of his stats just again because. I think people sometimes we've talked about Messi stats and when people say the greatest some people's achievements get lost in talk and not statistical numbers so I've got some numbers for you here so he played in 659 official games for Santos I say official because there's a lot of friendlies in those games and there was like quite a lot of these slightly ropey things and I've got some more stats about that as well. But in terms of official games, 659 games, 643 goals. It's literally as close to a, a goal a game as you could get. In his overall career, so including internationals and all these slightly ropey friendlies, 1,281 goals in 1,663 games. What the fuck? What the actual fuck? His, 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 his record for Brazil, 77 goals in 92 games, which has only just been beaten by Neymar at the World Cup. His best season, only because we've talked about it before with Messi, and again, to try and give some, some comparison to some of our younger listeners that haven't had the joys of, of watching football as, say, as long as you, as long as an old cunt like me, his best season, 66 goals in 44 games. And he also had a 62-goal season in 38 games. Unbelievable. It's not bad, is it? Unbelievable. It's not bad. And it wasn't, I'll be honest, it wasn't until I was looking through those stats last night, I was just like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Say, so for, for me, it's hit, hit him, and, him and Messi, everyone else is below. I'd even put Maradona on the same pedestal as them, in my opinion. Two years ago, Maradona died. So within the space of two years, you've lost two of the greatest footballers of all time. So, I mean, we won't go too far into it, but the 1,281 goals obviously include, is it about 526 are in these unofficial friendlies and tour games and stuff. And I've got down here that he scored goals for the military team and yeah, Selection San Paolo. There's some ropey shit in there and, again, some some um, some bulking up, shall we say, of numbers. But which... even without that, he's still scored well over 700 goals, hasn't he? So... As you say, if you look at official games, officially, 6-4-3 in 6-5-9. That's, that's and that's fucking, just for Santos. That doesn't include yeah, you not, New York went, Cosmos. As you say, or he, Brazil, he had a spe- or... spell at, at New York Cosmos where, I mean, again, imagine the imagine you know the greatest ever, one of the literally second greatest ever, then going and playing in America at that time when they were dog shit. It would have been a gold machine. But yeah, yeah seventy-seven in ninety-two for Brazil as well. You know, 
in now you could argue just to add a bit more what teams he played in as well obviously three different world uh world cup winning teams and each one of them had changed and varied and had absolute class all the way through it as well but yeah really really sad day for football um and a got goals records like that just that that would never be beaten yeah unofficial or not you know and again we, it's not our our role to take away from people particularly at a time like this but 1,281 goals is just no one will ever get near that today yeah and uh, RIP to the king um, less depressing news then run through some of the transfer rumours and one that you obviously definitely want to talk about here. it's not depressing at all this uh, is going to pick me back up after being a little bit of a sombre moment it's definitely depressing for me so Cody Gakpo signed for Liverpool completely come out of nowhere he was oh, looked almost set for uh, Man United Scum in, was looking like yeah, the one in, in the January transfer well, again window. as you often are you told me you, you think you sent me the thing through saying it's happening I think I responded to you of like not going to happen yeah and, and then you were like an hour you were like it's going to happen and it's all pretty much guaranteed started looking and I was like fuck me it might actually be it hadn't been linked with us at all didn't think we even had the remotest chance I mean it does make me wonder if I'm honest with you if we look at it that yes we've got injuries yes we need a bit of a boost at the moment with Jota and Diaz out what the fuck do we do when they will come back you've got our forward line when you come back Gakpo Luis Diaz Jota Firmino Salah Nunes six into three well Nunes is dog shit so just get rid of him straight away <laughs> so frustrating Jesus Christ the last two Sorry. games I've watched Klopp said he's like um, Lewandowski so oh my god watch it. I mean, against City and Villa it's like give him what would a normal striker would gobble up as an easy chance and he'll fuck it up woefully but put him through in a really difficult position and he'll make something magical happen but Uruguayan Patrick Bamford I would say like a Uruguayan Peter Crouch but less <laughs> less gangly. But yeah, the last two games in particular, he's had a shocker. So, um, I'm su- needs- to be honest, I'm surprised that in terms of Gakpo and regardless of what's happening with Nunes, why aren't you gone for a midfielder? If, if that's what you're aiming for, the whole thing that Klopp's come out and said is that you got him before he was unattainable or unaffordable. But why? Like, what is the... Don't get me wrong, fantastic player. Obviously nearly signed for Leeds, so... Another fucking kicking nuts for Leeds fans to see another player who was almost set to sign for us, but then eventually went on to bigger and better things. But is he really what you need, what Liverpool need at this point in time? Or Not really. I, I, I would have rather... I mean, when you look at it again in the grand scheme of things, it sounds crazy, but um, 35 to, to 45 million, again, I haven't seen an exact price, but that kind of level for a player of his potential looks a fucking bargain. But no, because his, his, his natural position, and from whenever I've seen, I know he can play pretty much anywhere across, if you play a three, anywhere across there, if you go for a four-two-three-one, he can play across any of them four positions. He's an inside left for me, and our best inside left is Diaz. So I've got to be honest, it does create a bit of an issue for me when Diaz is back, how he gets them both in the team then. But it's a good problem to have, and say, come out of nowhere... But equally, if you said to me, could we have got Fernandez or Bellingham, who I think would have made a bigger immediate difference into our team in injecting that energy and legs into the midfield, then I would have said go for them. But as you say, I'm certainly delighted with it. I think it's a great bit of business. I think Virgil 
had a lot to do with it. I can see Virgil being on international uh, duty. This is national team captain, bigging him up. And what it also does give me a, a sly little bit of hope of is, can that maybe happen for us for Bellingham? No. And Henderson is going to be chatting to him and saying, look, fuck where off, fuck Man City, and look what they're doing to Grealish. Uh, look, they turned Calvin Phillips into a fat cunt. Come and play for us. <laughs> so, Did you hear what they were chanting at Leeds game, by the way? I must have been getting pelted. Oh, fucking hilarious. To be fair, they were all taken in, in good uh, jest, but they were chanting Phillips. Oh, my God. York, uh, Phillips the Yorkshire Fatso. Um, and they were singing, You're too fat to play for Leeds. But you're running to the crowd and you're puffing his cheeks up. So we're taking it in jest, and obviously, I'm sure he expected it. Uh, but it's funny you should mention Bellingham because the big rumours here, uh, ESPN again, uh, have come out and said that Madrid are set to make an offer of more than a hundred million euros to sign him. The the only the only the only I still don't. And again, of course, there's the hope for me that it's Liverpool. I'm not going to lie. We've been constantly saying throughout uh, the Tapping Cup, and even before that, what a fucking sensible lad he is. He's got a great, you know, um, circle of people around him who he, who he believes and trusts. And look at that Real Madrid midfield in terms of uh, Camavinga, who I thought was completely flew under the radar for what France did. Um, came on and it's coming on at left back, coming on in games and, and changing the midfield, looking absolutely fantastic. Um, you ha- you've got uh, Valverde, who out of nowhere has become an amazing midfielder. You've got who's uh, Um So the only thing I would say is I can't help but feel um, he there'd be a lot of competition for playing time there. Now, they might say to him, you're going to guarantee to play and then that's not a problem for him and, and it will take that. But I, I still think Real personally is less likely than Liverpool City. Yeah, and I, I can see... City, I think he'd fit in quite nicely. Liverpool, he would definitely start. So that would be the biggest push for him to sign for you. But I still don't see it. I, I think as much as we're hearing about the Madrid thing, I think he'll end up signing for City, personally. But, I, um, I, I agree. I've got to be honest, I think City is where it'll be. But what we'll do is we'll do super quick roundup of uh, the games. And then I've got a question for you. Seeing as uh, of the game week, I've got to find out a bit more about actually watching Haaland himself. So Tottenham Brentford was two all one. So that looked quite a good game. Fulham bit of a surprise there. Uh, good for my dream team with Mitrovic, but uh, beat Palace three nil. Wolves beat uh, Everton two one. Newcastle just don't look like slowing down at all, do they? Three nil away to Leicester. Winning league. You said it earlier on the car on the way over. You could be right. Brighton still looking a decent team. Three one against Southampton before they sell all the rest of their team that they haven't sold already. Liverpool beating Villa, which was a commanding result. I thought we played well. West Ham, really unlucky. 1-0 up um, and then suddenly lost 3-0, which I've got no idea about. But obviously the big game week was uh, Leeds sadly losing 3-1 to Man City. If I'm not mistaken, some smug prick as I ever like to be said, I think it will be 3-1. You did With... say we'd score first, to be fair. So okay, yeah, never happening. Um, but I'm intrigued then. Haaland up front, and just in person. Was he the monster that he's made out to be? Yeah, he's outstanding. So I actually thought, and I've said this to you uh, before we start recording, that he's had a relatively poor game to his standards because we were so shit. And I'm pretty sure. So at first, I think first two, three minutes, he had a chance. Should have scored. Melier had an absolute outstanding game uh, in the net. Um, 
people like Jack Grealish missed loads of open goals. I think he missed two or three. But Hal, he's just brilliant. I, I said to Meg as we were watching him take the kickoff, I'm like, who's that? Stood in the middle, that really tall bloke. And I'm like, it's not Haaland, is it? And then realised he had number nine on his back and realised that it wore in fact Haaland, this six foot four giant. Um, turn of pace is unbelievable. He is a complete package and he is exactly what you expect him to be in person. Best player in the Premier League? Not yet. I still think De Bruyne is better than him at this point in time. I think there are other shouts. Salah not so much this season. I mean, again, you, you do this to me all the time, but... Change your mind on Salah when you absolutely slam no, me for putting him in my top five. Yeah, yeah, it's a good but, point now. Fuck Salah. Um, but like people like Diaz, Ruben Diaz... For six. So it depends what position he's in, um, but he's, he's definitely very, very good. Anyone, again, in the same way that we were very harsh about Messi and very critical, you would have to be a fucking lunatic to say he's not the best striker in the, in the league. By oh, yeah, striker. A country yeah, mile. Yeah. What's he on now? 20 Other in 14 Nunes, games. Obviously. Oh, wow. <laughs> he's just so good that he can't even be. He uh... doesn't even want to score. He's going to get 20 <laughs> yeah, in the last yeah. few games. But yeah, he's, he's smashing all the records at the moment and. I think someone said he still has to score, I think it's 40 goals a season until, I'm pretty sure it was like 20, is it 2037 or 2027 to match Ronaldo's record? Which could see him doing it. Yeah, I could. <laughs> he's outstanding. I, he could easily get, I, he's getting 45 if not 50 goals in the Premier better, League. And that's the scary thing, he's getting better and better with age. Didn't celebrate though. Did you notice that? Did you see any of that? I, I've got. I haven't even seen the goals. I, I, I was driving back yesterday, so I don't have a chance. I didn't get to see the game either. Don't bother. But, They're um, disgusting. That's, but I like that. He's a Leeds lad, and he? he's born born in Leeds. Ultimately, his dad played for Leeds. I thought that 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 I, actually I didn't know that. That's a didn't respect. Yeah. Respect. And he came like out that. and said at the end of the game that didn't celebrate because he was born here and raised here. So good respect for the like like very rare you get that when Suarez fucking drove a knife through my heart after everything we did for him and then he celebrated when Barcelona he scored for Barcelona are you sure us. it's not the fake sign shirt that you got that drove a knife through your heart that was just a little that just pushed the dagger in but when when a player celebrates like that when they that, 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 that's a classy touch as well I feel like we're in the middle of a storm at the moment our walk so. to the pub is going oh, to be say, wet Jesus it's one of these where you wish it were a, a live recording so you could see outside but what the fuck is going on but um, yeah, other than that, I think seems a good way to sum it up. Say, yeah, we'll get to uh, get back inside, get eating on, get some coats and run to middle of town. Well, but... it's been a good. T- I think it's been good. Twenty twenty three, twenty two. Um, you know, twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. We started this podcast. Both enjoy it. We th- hope you guys are enjoying it as well. And it's only going to get more bigger and better. I hope for twenty twenty three. And I must say, I fucking love Brussels. I think it's the best place <laughs> in the world. But no, and uh, Hungary, we appreciate <laughs> you in Hungary yeah. as well. Our Hungarian fan, we appreciate you in Budapest. Um, but thanks for listening as always. Have a, a wonderful new year. Have a drink on us, of course. And here's to 2023.